The following program is an artistic work of fiction and falsehood. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm lead media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is Rigacast Now, where we discuss the latest in science, but also technology. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Medelar from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and cosmic sun glow to all those joining us on this crisp autumn evening. Yeah, let the let the cosmic glow straight through you as we enter into quarter four of the internet. Well, that it's interesting that you should bring that up, because uh, I, for one, before I was looking over this script, some of the material that you prepared mm-hmm. um, for this evening, I had no idea that the internet actually had quarters. Yeah, well, the internet, it's a, it's a combination of all these different sites and sources, you know, uh, major media outlets, social media sites, online businesses, art and culture pages, all of these different, all of these different areas are all combining, are all sort of one, uh, one industry. And when we talk about quarters, we're talking about all these different parts of this industry, uh, uh, really making decisions about the next branch, the last branch of the year into their their industrial and economic uh, uh, policies. Right. So um, I guess my question then is, is what, what should we expect as the internet gets this, uh, its quarterly update? Well, of course. And I, as you know, I'm a, I'm a huge investor. I'm on the board um, of the internet here um, as the lead media disruption developer at on the board of the, uh, on the, of the board of the internet. Yes, so I, I sort of uh, I, I help make some of these decisions. Wow! Um, and I'm proud to tell you, Rowan, that we are releasing a, a bunch of great new features for the internet this quarter, um, including four million new websites, thirty new sounds, twelve brand new colors never Whoa. before seen. Wow! Uh, we're introducing a, a new challenge mode to the internet. If the internet is too easy for you currently, then maybe uh, it's time that you switch over to the challenge mode. And what does the challenge mode do, Kai? Uh, the challenge mode makes the internet a little bit harder. Oh, okay. Um, of course, we've introduced some new features, such as now you're able to move sideways in the internet, which was not something you could do before. Mm. Uh, also... Again, inter- the internet can be sometimes a little bit boring and sometimes a little bit stressful. Uh, we've now, we are now, you are now able to create your own personal vacation space that is o- that is all your own on the internet and customize it to any to your heart's content. A vacation space. Yes. W- what does that mean exactly? Um, well, all of your senses will be filled with del- delightful new substance. In your own personal customizable vacation space. I mean, delight is such a hard thing to find on the internet sometimes. And that's why why it was a priority for us in quarter four. Um, Furthermore, uh, your browser can now hold, in this new fourth quarter, can now hold 500 million cookies. And that's up from how many cookies? Who knows? And of course, we've released some excellent DLC for the internet, which which I don't want to spoil anything, but... Uh, it's it's a real game changer. 
on top of that, so those are our, those are our main uh, our main uh, changes. We've also uh, added a number of great emojis to the to the universal emoji packs. Wow, wow! It's always exciting to kind of hear about the new emojis coming out. I use emojis a great deal in a lot of the messages that I send, uh, mm-hmm. both casually and professionally. A, a universal method of communication. It really is. So um, when when new emojis are added it's almost as if my own personal range of emotions expands with Certainly. them at least with regards to my communications what's new what came out all right so here's the list of the brand new uh, brand new emojis that we are releasing on the internet in this quarter offended face hmm. squiggly line cat that's just thrown up cat that's about to throw up someone looking at a cat throwing up Rhubarb, snail on a boat. Ooh, that's exciting. I think I could use that a lot. Circle sunglasses. And then, of course, this is the one that we've received a lot of uh, requests for over our years. And that is Calvin Peig. Like Calvin and Hobbes? Yes. The, that, the titular Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, it's an emoji of him peeing. And what's he peeing on? It's anybody's guess. It's up to you as you use <laughs> the emoji. I, that, I'm, I think, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily saying that I'll be using that one a lot. Mm-hmm. But I can think of off the top of my head quite a few circumstances where that would be useful, where I, I could I could enhance my emotional, you know, uh, communications, lexicon, yeah. my lexicon with that, yeah. with the Calvin peeing emoji. But – Rowan, that is not all. Whoa! We are now. We are also releasing a whole ple- uh, a series of brand new top level domains as well. And this is also this is also always uh, kind of exciting. This is almost like Christmas Day yes. because um, it, it, when these come out, they're so um, they're very often quite accessible mm-hmm. to register new websites with, exactly. and you never know which one might take off, which uh, top level domain might be the next dot biz, exactly might be the next dot e. Do you? Might be, yeah, might be the next uh, dot X. Dot fun. Yeah. Um, so here are the new ones that we are releasing uh, in the fourth quarter. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Kai. Dot didgeridoo. Hmm. Dot dread. Dot fear. Dot moist. Dot moist too. Um, I guess they're expecting a run on dot moist if they're going to pre Yeah, they're expecting do. a lot of people to sign up for the dot moist ones. Dot cilantro. Dot co-op. Oh, so like a cooperative? Uh, yes, in fact, that is short for the dot the the other top level domain dot cooperative. Okay. Or, or sorry, dot cooperate. Oh. And then of course, um, the uh, this is the this is the first time that we're really going into the waters of punctuation. How we can use punctuation creatively in these top level domains, uh, and and we are releasing the dot semicolon, not the word semicolon spelled out. Is it is in fact a dot a period, and then a semicolon from your keyboard this that is that is rather um that's big that's huge this is huge this is uh this is regime shattering if i dare say um disruptive perhaps this is gonna blow things totally out of proportions well 
that is exciting. I'm looking forward to these updates being pushed out across the internet. Yeah. Um, but discussing the, the news about the internet is not all we do. We also discuss the science, uh, the news in the science and technology fields. Right. So we brought a few stories for us. I, um, we do. We have a few stories. Um, better than a story, even. We, we Rather than me presenting a story, really? um, rather than I presenting a story, what I have instead is I've brought someone on to present their own work, really? come on and present a breaking new development in meteorology. Mm-hmm. So we have, a, we have a guest today. On we do. We cast now. We do. We do. Um, so uh, I... A little bit of backstory. I just came back from a meteorological conference in Marfa, Marfa, Texas, Mm -hmm. and I saw a lot of very interesting speakers. I met a lot of very interesting people. But one presentation, um, one poster more specifically, Mm -hmm. really stuck out to me. From the trifolds that you passed by. And and I had to have them on to talk about this. Um, You know, it was not the easiest thing in the world getting them from Marfa where they where they live and work mm-hmm. but uh, nonetheless Ron we, are you saying they're in person or it's just it's hard to get you know the waves over there you you can figure that out for yourself Kai I'd like to welcome to the program um, uh, Warm Weather Jordan, the one who presented this exciting new work, this exciting new phenomenon that's been discovered. Welcome to the program. Welcome, Warm Weather. Hi, thank you for having me. Is that your first name? Your first name is Warm Weather? Yes, my parents named me that. Is it one word? No hyphen? Yes, it's one word. Warm Weather. Uh, well, wel- welcome to the program. And I understand that you had a, you have a... a, a, a Discovery in the the well, don't weather har- science. Well, don't harass them, Kai. Please take a step back, Kai. This is my guest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my co-host. Um, he's not. He's not. I'm trying um, to get the best interview. He's, he's not a true, a, a real scientist like you and I. That's- thank you so much, George. Thank you so much, Warm Weather. Yes, I'm happy to join you. Uh, so you've heard of El Nino, and you might be aware of La Nina, but scientists have recently discovered a new atmospheric phenomenon. It's called. Los Ninos, and and when you say scientists, you're you're being rather you're being rather uh, bashful in a sense because um, it wasn't just any scientist; it was you and your team, correct? Yes, it was uh, myself and my team. But you are you are a scientist, warm weather. Yes, I warm weather Jordan. I'm a meteorologist. Fascinating and a very a very that's, um, that's not a four year degree certainly. Uh, well, it, it it's yes, it's an eight to ten year degree. Um, Doctor warm weather. What so what? Um, Los Ninos, Los Ninos, or El Niñex, as some might call it. Um, what is who calls it? Exactly? That, wait, who calls it that road? So what is that? Um, uh, warm weather. Well, frankly, no one knows, and the acute awareness of my limited knowledge torments me daily. In mm. fact, I as, understand... As it does with many scientists. Yes, I understand even less than before I learned about this phenomenon. That's a sign of good science. That's, that's a sign of, of, of deep, deep thought. I mean, that, that might be... That, that's most theses, is, is we don't know. Yes, truly, I cannot sleep at night. Uh, however, the jet stream is probably involved. Well, the jet stream is involved in a lot of things in the meteorological sphere. I'm, I'm well aware. Of, I've heard of that before. I've heard that concept. These are now. These are these are planes. These are jets. Uh, sort of. It's in the sky, so close enough. Interesting. So, um, Los Niños, we don't really understand it. You don't really understand it, Not but at all. you you do know that it exists. I do know that it exists and that we'll be experiencing this soon. So, uh, really? Soon. And what's the soon. time frame for soon? Uh, within 
two to three months. Okay. All right. So That's pretty soon. So what um, should we be expecting with Los Ninos? What's Los Ninos El Ninex doing? So depending on where you live, you might experience different effects of Los Ninos. Mm. Uh, so if you're living in the south, you could experience an increase in existentially dreadful conditions. And you would not only experience that, but also a high probability of weird wind. Oh, wow. wow. And these, are, these are terms within the meteorological field? Yes, quit quit harassing them, Kai. I'm, I'm asking, I'm doing an interview here. Kai, Rowan. Kai, I, no, you, you are not doing an interview. This is not this is not one of your your gamer chats where you can just get on there and just and just pillory I'm, someone. Rowan, I'm sorry for bringing some, some intellect to this no, I th- show. I, you know what? We there's two scientists on Vigor. this. There's two scientists right Journalistic now. You you are not you are not one of perhaps. them. Perhaps I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Warm weather, Jordan. I, my co-host is just. Uh, it's been two weeks, and I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm still getting used to to our dynamic as it was. Um, so what's going on in the north? Uh, you know the south. There's a lot of beautiful people down there. You come from the south, and I mean no offense when I say that it's a beautiful place. <laughs> But let's talk about real people for a moment. What's going on in, in going to be happening in the north where we live? Yeah, so to the real people in the north, they can anticipate some vague discomfort and an mm. unusually phlegmatic winter. Really? Yes. Are, now, uh, now I just have to break in. These are words that I have not heard in reference to the Kai, weather before. Kai, please, Kai. All I will say is that I think it's pretty self-evident what I mean when I say weird wind. I don't think that requires any elaboration. Kai, once again, is displaying um, a lack of intellect, a lack of intellectual curiosity. I'm showing a breath of curiosity, which you seem unable to attain. What's going to happen in Chicago? I'm so glad you asked. So Chicago in particular is going to be experiencing something called snakes, like the reptile falling from the sky. You'll see a lot more of that. So I would recommend you be more careful with children and pets. Now, now, hold on a second. Kai, what is it this time? I've lived in Chicago for a while. At least five years. Uh, purportedly. And I have not once seen snakes fall from the sky. Well, that was before Los Ninos was going to occur, so you might not have seen it's a such new- a large incidence of snakes. How it's, would you, how it's would a you, new phenomenon, how would, you prof- how would you prove that? Where has this happened before? I think it's going to be proven when we see the snakes. I'm not buying it. I'll show you the data once the snakes yeah, begin please, to Yeah, please, show me the data. Show me the snake data. Um, oh, I will. Kai. Rowan. I don't enjoy this. I met this individual mm-hmm. at the Society of Etheric and Photonic Atmospherics. I discovered them mm-hmm. there. I, dis- I saw what they were, they were pre- presenting. Right. This is a professional. This is a researcher. I don't know why you're so, you're so skeptical. Well, clearly, it's a professional researcher. Um, and, and I guess the, the question then that uh, the last question that I have on this exciting new discovery, describe your process. How did you discover this new this new uh, um, phenomenon? Yeah, so I would be happy to describe my rigorous and scientific process. So here's what occurred. I took drugs and then this was revealed to me in a vision. There you go, Kai. Scientific process at its finest. Uh. Rowan, I think we should move on from this segment, um, please. Well, thank you very much, hope- um, uh, Warm Weather, Jordan. Uh, it's always so wonderful to have a fellow scientist on the program. Yeah, uh, to, I to should bring some more scientists on the program. Right, and uh, of course, we, we, uh, as we as we continue the show, um, you know, it was a very long flight, so we would love <laughs> to have you come and discuss your findings or discuss discuss your opinion on some of these stories. You know, yeah, sure. just so um, you're not too bored, um, or you could leave the room. 
I mean, there's a lot of places to go in the city. What do you have, Kai? Oh, my story? Yes, what's your story, Kai? All right, let's move on to my story. That is, uh, that's actually touching on some real science and technology. Right. Uh, in the fields of... Not just, s- not gaming? Space exploration. Unfortunately, there were, yeah, unfortunately I couldn't find a good a gaming story. I was very busy with the internet. Um, so, right now, I don't know if you've heard, Rowan, hopefully you've heard if you're keeping uh, an in-depth ear to the, uh, to the, to the fields of, of scientific news. Um, but we are saying goodbye to Lucy today, uh, Saturday, October 16th. From Cape Canaveral, uh, NASA has launched the Lucy spacecraft um, for a 12-year mission to investigate uh, eight of Jupiter's Trojan asteroids. What makes them a Trojan asteroid, Kai? Um, well, many, many have theorized what makes them a Trojan asteroid, but uh, it, it, they, these, are, these are generally the asteroids that are uh, uh, being sort of controlled by Jupiter. Right. Jupiter, Jupiter's minion asteroids oh, okay. within the asteroid belt. Right, right. Um, so what's, uh, describe this rover for us. What's, what, what, what's it going, or, uh, or not well, rover, to, a probe, the, rather. I will get, to, I'll get to the, to the probe. I'll get to the spacecraft. Okay. Um, but the 12-year mission, uh, what's making this, I mean, truly, truly, truly an amazing mission is that they're, uh, they're investigating eight of the most mysterious of Jupiter's Trojan asteroids, uh, that exist. And th- those are, uh, the eight, of course, uh, Zippo, Tiger, Hydro, Knuckles, Backpack, Sleater, Shawshank, and of course Rex. Hmm. Now these uh, these these asteroids have a uh, ha- ha- have uh, astrono- astronomers have wondered about these for years. Uh, they are they are the children of uh, of NASA. They uh, they they have uh, wondered uh, many in, in the field. Um, and and Lucy is carrying some very specialized equipment such as. Hyper um, incinerator and a spectroscopic uh, f- antenna that will be used to investigate some of these uh, some of these asteroids. Uh, you know, more curious features such as the pulsating glands on Knuckles, hmm. uh, the luminous pits on Rex, and of course the uh, the, the the large lines on Sleater. Uh, and hopefully we'll learn a lot more about the origins of our universe. Is this the first of its kind? Is this the first mission of its kind to go and investigate these features and, and these, these asteroids in orbit around Jupiter? Mm-hmm. I mean, to the, to the extent that we are investigating them yet now, yes. So we hear about a lot of these uh, trips to planets to investigate these planets, but not very much has gone into the investigations of uh, these asteroids uh, in particular. And hopefully we'll be able to use this to learn about the history of the universe as well as how we may be able to use the universe for our own benefit in the future. Fascinating. I mean, there's many things one can do with glands, pulsating glands. I've never heard of a gland being a part of a uh, asteroid, but I'm not Which surprised. Which is really tragic. It, it... <laughs> considering considering how common it is. Um, but let me just say, Rowan, I came to uh, I came to talking about the rover now, talking about this uh, this, this spacecraft, mm. Lucy. Um, I became uh, I came to know this spacecraft a great deal in my b- brief time recently with NASA. And this is a fine specimen. It has a tough exterior, but this spacecraft is naturally curious and packs a punch where, where it counts. So um, as, as you might have guessed, uh, this, this spacecraft is named after the uh, Australopithecus um, afarensis skeleton, Lucy, discovered in Ethiopia in 1973. 
considered one of the finest um, in many senses of the word prehistoric skeletons. But despite the fact that it's named after this dusty old skeleton, there's some meat on these bones with two large bulbous solar panels Mm. on the sides. And of course, the rocking Atlas V rock propelling it all the way to these asteroids. It's a real character. It sounds it sounds it sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I'm I'm picturing something in my head right now. I wish we had. Um, unfortunately, we do not have access to the Twitch right now due to a um, a clerical error of some sort. Um, maybe some sort of check that got bounced. But uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm visualizing. When are you exchanging now, checks with somebody? Uh, you know, uh, checks in the sense that like I would check on you and you would check on me. Sure. And I would cash a check. But um, I can imagine. Sure. I can imagine that these. Uh, um, I can imagine these two big bulbous sort of mm-hmm. things of attached, perhaps to the the bottom end of this large rocket that's flying into space. Flying into space. Uh, yeah. And in, in fact, it's going to swing around. So the plan is, it's going to swing around Earth twice, mm-hmm. building up momentum from the gravity, and then it will be propelled out, launched into its first um, asteroid. It'll come in contact with the first asteroid in twenty twenty five. And all in all, its mission is slated to end in 2033. And let me just say, I cannot wait to see how she's grown since then. Oh, it's a she. Yes, Rowan. <laughs> of course it is. Well, um, that is... I fa- thought I was on the line with a scientist here. That was, that was fascinating, Kai. Um, uh, but I believe, I believe uh, you've, you've come with a, a story here. that this is, And this is one that you will not uh, uh, be... Be, be sort of uh, taking from somebody else. You will not, you will not be uh, taking out from from an additional uh, source. No, 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 no. Um, this is uh, unf- this is actually, and uh, I will admit right now, this is less news about science and technology and more about news about how science and technology comes around, how these things are put together. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a behind the, the curtain, behind the, um, the, the, the review board, in a sense. Well, I mean, this show, this show does give the citizen scientists out there a glimpse into what it's like to be a real, uh, or I should say, a, a, an established scientist and, and industrialist. Right. And in this instance, it should be almost a wake-up call to um, those people listening out there who don't Certainly. know. Um, the grift and the shame and the the uh, underhanded maneuverings of this industry because really? as it stands... You have a controversy here. A little bit. This is a little bit of a eureka controversy. Mm. Um, recently, New Zealand canceled its contract the new zealand council canceled its contract with its wizard so new zealand has a wizard it did it doesn't anymore it just canceled the contract with the wizard this was a member of the governance at one point more of a um, an advisor nevertheless oh yeah tell this story what are you Rowan? what are you talking about well okay so ian brackenbury channel recently let mm. go by the New Zealand Council. He was the on-staff wizard. Um, for the council? For the last two decades. F- was he the wizard of the council or the wizard of the entire country? The entire country. He was recently let go after two decades. It's a shame. He's not a hack, by the way, either. He's not, oh, one, he's of, not. He's not one of these fly-by-night wizards that you will so often encounter at, at, at Renaissance fairs and warps. This, was the, this man was a true thinker, a true deep thinker. He invented the field of synthetic cosmology, and that's something that's still being discussed in uh, spirit science circles to this day. By you. 
but and my and colleagues, friends? not friends. Some of them are my friends, but most of them are my colleagues. The point is, is that, and and, and I'm going to opine a bit here mm. on this on this recent firing. Well, opine opine on how this is a even relatively similar to a science and technology story. God, this is about the industry of science of spirit science. <laughs> this, this man is, is a ab- wizard. He's not a scientist. <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke said once, and, I, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but that technology is magic. <laughs> he said that, and he's one of the most renowned science fiction science thinkers in the Western canon. The point is, is that my point on this is, is okay. that this is a hor- this bodes horribly. This is a terrible omen. For the spirit scientists that exist in in governance. It is because this person who is so well established, two decades Mm -hmm. of of service, of of communing with the spheres and whispering to the elementals. Of doing things that are the the farthest possible thing from scientific investigation. It is is investigation. The the linchpin of all science is curiosity and investigation. And this man was very curious and he investigated. The point is... You can't. You can't build. Listen, Kai. This is. You can't build a shirt out of lynchpins, as they say. Kai. What's going to happen to the rest of the spirit scientists that are involved? Yeah. In what governance? is going to happen to the rest? Well, of them? he had an apprentice. How do you think he feels? He was next in line to be the wizard of New Zealand, and now that this position has been getting rid of, how is this apprentice supposed this, to feel? What is, so the, what is this? Is, what about this the is el- no, what, 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 what about the archmages in the Illinois State Senate? There what is, about there, there, what's going to happen to them? What what about what about these fictional people that you're mentioning? Uh, th- these are not fictional people. You can go to you can Where go can on I the go, line though? and search online? Illinois Archmages. I've been online, and then they, <laughs> they'll be right there. And you know what? This is not to mention the shamans that are being employed by the Department of All Finance. All right, Rowan, we I, we're we're running out of time here. We need to move on to the special feature. This is this is horrible. People will suffer. People might even die without right, access Rowan. to. That is fascinating. Um, but it's time that we move on to the mid-show midterm. The mid-show midterm is, of course, the uh, the period of the show where we take a little break to uh, to study, um, where we give you a question to ask, to think about um, over the course of the break that we have, where there will be music and the the ideas that you just take take this quick test, um, you know, think about what use use what context clues that you have, um, and try to figure out the answer to our midterm question here. And the beautiful thing is, is even if you do not get the answer, you do not know. By the end of it, you'll learn what the right answer is. Sure. And learning is it. It's it's that science. That's it. Um, so uh, this question, and a little bit of background, as many have heard, uh, another space-based story um, is that William Shatner, famed for his role on Star Trek, his groundbreaking music and poetry, and of course being an amateur public personality, um, became the oldest person to visit space in one of the Blue Origin spacecrafts. Uh, so with this new story, uh, you know, it's, people have made a big deal about it, but what they don't realize is that plenty of celebrities have all, already taken the, the plunge, so to speak, and, and gone to space. And not these fake celebrities like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Right. Um, real, real, honest, real honest, honest, hardworking celebrities. Yeah, who deserve all the fame that they got. Um, so our question to you for the mid-show midterm is, which of the following celebrities have taken the trip of a lifetime to the edges of space. Right, here are the here are the choices. The first one is Don Featherstone. 
inventor of the pink plastic flamingo. The the, the yard flamingo. Yes, the, the classic yard flamingo. The second one is Curly Howard from the Three Stooges. Oh, I was wondering who that, that you meant. The third one is uh, Kathleen Williams, a representative who served on the Nonpartisan Environmental Quality Council of the Montana Legislature and the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Well, someone I've heard of, finally. Yeah. Um, and then there's one more. Oh. There's a what boy. What's that guy? Uh, Tom Hanks. Well, all right. So the question is, which of these celebrities has been to space? Don Featherstone? Mm-hmm. Curly Howard, yes. Kathleen Williams, or Tom Hanks. And when we return... And no looking it up. And when we return in 10 minutes... Really use the context. We will reveal that answer and go to our special uh, our special feature, mm-hmm. the science of success, a.k.a. the first scientific Sigma grind set. Yes. Please stay tuned. Stay tuned. And we are back. We are back. Welcome back from the uh, the mid show midterm. Uh, and apparently, we are bringing in a special guest into the second half. Um, yes, our um, our our esteemed uh, etheric meteorological researcher and a colleague of mine, um, uh, Warm Weather Jordan. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Have so, Jordan, let me ask you a question. Of course. So before the break, we posed a question to all of the citizen scientists out there, and I promised them that, that if they used their scientific mind, that only a citizen scientist, a scientist would be able to, they would astute out the answer to this question. Yes. Um, are you ready to take the mid-show merge term and, and test your scientific mind on this question? I was born ready. All right. So the question is, of course, and for the listener, too, as a reminder, what other celebrities, whichever other of these celebrities have taken the trip of a lifetime to the edges of space. Of course, the four choices are Don Featherstone, inventor of the pink plastic flamingo, Curly Howard from the Three Stooges, Kathleen Williams, representative who served on the Nonpartisan Environmental Quality Council of of the Montana Legislature and the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and Tom Hanks. So out of those four people. Yes, I'm fairly confident it has to be Don Featherstone. Um, because I look into his kind, his jovial eyes, and I just know he has been to space. And additionally, as someone who was on the very, he was so cutting edge about bringing lawn-related joy to others. I can't help but but feel convinced that he also was one of the people who went to space. Mm-hmm, perhaps Seems quite obvious. Perhaps it it, uh, it it furthered his mission of of bringing flamingos to. The moon. Well, yeah, you see them everywhere, and now you're going to see them in space. Well, it's, it's intuitive. It's, it's sort of like the pipeline of maximalism to minimalism, right? You go out and you see this blue dot and everything on it, and that's where everything is. And then in that moment, your eyes zoom back into the singular lawn, and there's a flamingo standing there. At the perfectly, perfect, perfectly pedicured, perfectly mowed lawn. Right. Just a single pink flamingo on it and that and i could see that i I, i'm gonna have to agree with warm weather jordan i believe that's the correct answer um well it certainly shows how convincing warm weather jordan can be um but a scientist has not a scientist they have not proved to be um because the true answer is and if we had a if we were alive on twitch we'd be able to show 
a picture of this, but it was, of course, Curly Howard, who, with his his friends and his colleagues, his colleagues, his family members, uh, Mo and Larry, they got on that rocket and shot all the way to space. This is unbelievable. Even though they didn't invent a single plastic flamingo. Um, well, they did invent comedy, so um, they were pioneers in that way. Okay, if you say so. Um, and that is the fact. That is the mid-show midterm. Uh, congratulations to all the citizen scientists out there, and uh, to Warm Weather Jordan, better luck next time, if there is a next time. Wow, thank you. Um, I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Uh, um, so, so Kai, what, uh, what, tonight's special feature. Mm-hmm. Tonight's special feature is something I, uh, that is dear to my heart. Um, and that is, let me just say it. It's the Sigma grind set. Right. The, 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 the secret sauce, the science to success. Yeah. The, the secret booklet, the, 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 the secret code to, to becoming successful. And, and the, fact, the fact of the matter is, there, you see a lot of people on new media talking about things adjacent to the Sigma grind set, how to become successful, tips for becoming successful. But the thing that none of them seem to have is they just don't have the scientific basis. It's all their, always their opinions. Right. It, it does seem as though there is a lack of um, really good data out there. Mm-hmm. Data uh, consistency. Right, right. And um, that has not stopped us from being able to come to some of our own conclusions. Mm-hmm. As you know, as, as the citizen scientist out there knows, what Rowan and I are famous for is taking these great questions that viewers have sent to us and discovering the science behind them, doing the real investigative work. Or in this case, a question that we imagined a listener might send to us. Uh, yeah, either way. So um, where do we start with this, Kai? Where do we start with the science of success? Well, we start with uh, with looking at the successful people in the world. And we're doing, doing this from a, an, empirical, uh, an empirical matter. We looked at the habits of highly and wildly successful people and we broke down what truly made them successful, what traits they commonly share, uh, and, and we deduced from those what the actual habits um, were of people uh, that that you know are to become successful. And we're talking about people like Carl Sagan, Sagan or, or Steve Steve Jobs, Don Featherstone, Don Featherstone, inventor of the pink plastic flamingo. All of these people who have had wildly successful lives mm-hmm. and have. Um, Habits that yeah. we believe, and uh, once again, we've we've t- aggregated all of these successful people and their habits and what we've been able to learn to them, and we've seen what statistically is most prevalent is is the things that seem to right. be the most the confounding factors, if you will. Yeah. So, we, and we've broken these down into into several different sections. Uh, four. We've broken them down into four sections. Four. The more four most important sections. Yes. Right. Um. So. What do we got um, right? What do we have right off the bat? So the, the first one is is of course emotions. Right. Um, so emotions are obviously important to our lives. They're important to the grind set. Uh, emo- emotions make up the grind set. You can actually think of the grind set as a series of emotions. A grind in and of itself is, you could say, an emotion, more of a compound emotion, yeah. but an emotion nonetheless. Yes. Uh, yes. It's it's it is this compound emotion. Um, and the thing is, emotions. Some people like to think of them as as our friends or your fellows if you've seen the inside me cartoon yes there are people in living inside of us and that is true to some extent um but the truth in that is that emotions are not our friends they are our employees hmm. and we can work them like our employees a survey of ceos um shows that ceos are in fact in the top 10 percent the angriest people alive 
So um, specifically, what you looked at is is anger. Anger, say. the chief of all emotions, the uh, most powerful, uh, the the best of all emotions. The CEO of emotions. The CEO of emotions. Yes, if you think of your body and, and your your mental health as sort of a a company, anger would be that CEO in that CEO position. And the thing is, the reason that CEOs um, are in the place that they are is because, uh, as we see time and time again in the data, they give themselves the permission to feel angry, the permission to be angry um, anytime they please, and they do it strategically. Um, so how would one go about doing this strategically? Well, in order to do it strategically is you know, choose a time out of your day. Choose a, a position, a, a situation where you want to be angry. You feel like it's your, your anger could be best used. Find your angry place and just let it go. Um, and that's emotions. That's that's the it, you know, that's condensing a lot of different data and things like that. Those are the key points. Right. Um, so uh, moving from that, um, moving away from emotional health and emotional well-being, I want to move to physical well-being. Mm-hmm. And and the the second sort of um, key to success, the second scientific confounding factor of success, is nutrients. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. N- nutrition. Nu- well, nutrients. How you? How do you? Not how you power your body. This is these are specific nutrients, sort of Uh, micronutrients mostly. Some mesonutrients. Most people are getting their macronutrients, Mm -hmm. but it's the micro mesonutrients, right? um, Nanonutrients that are they're the key. They slip through your fingers, especially with the sort of modern day processed food that Mm -hmm. a lot of us are eating. Not myself, um, but others might be eating, um, as well as the meal replacement shakes that I know you're quite fond of. Mm -hmm. I love Um, them. Yeah, they're missing a lot of micronutrients. Um, Mm, Disagree. But the the, the end of the day, more nutrients equals more brains. See, that's what we can agree on. And, 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 you know, that's why a lot of these these famous, successful people, you don't see too many famous, successful people popping off these days, coming into the foresight Mm -hmm. these days. But when you look back at your Carl Sagan's, you look at your Richard Feynman's, you look at your Steve Jobs. At your Nikola Tesla's. They were were eating food that was much more nutritious, much more rich in these micronutrients. Mm -hmm than we are today. And all I need to point out, I think, is to give an example here. And and, and let me tell you what Einstein's diet was mm. when he was at his most productive, when he was actually putting out the work, the theory of relativity, all that. Mm. At that point, Einstein's diet, and this was a daily diet, mind you, every day he would eat two loaves of pumpernickel, a steamed salmon with the heads. He would eat the heads, not broiled, steamed. And two, and this is a big one, Two fistfuls of dirt every day. Dirt. Dirt. Where would he find this dirt? Um, you know, in his household. On the floor? Uh, outside. He would sweep it up? The point is there's a lot of micronutrients that we are not getting because we have this sort of hyper-sanitized diet where, you know— where we you, discourage eating dirt. We discourage eating dirt. You go to Despite your the fact average— that kids— Kids, uh, preternaturally, they want to do it. Right, and we— did. That we, should be proof. That, that That is proof. It does not need to—it should—it isn't— it, it not, should not be. It is proof. Um, so that's that's the second key to the science of mm-hmm. success is you need to be paying attention to your nutrients. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, our third uh, key out of our four keys to success for that sigma grind set is attitude. A lot of people, they have the attitude of the work-life balance. That brings a lot of stress to their lives. How do they, how do they balance their work? And it is a zero sum game with right. when you when you have it in the mindset right. of work life balance. It's zero sum. You yeah, only have so work many hours minus in a life day. equals zero, and that's what people want. And that just doesn't seem like 
I do the math and it doesn't make any sense to me personally. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, they have the work-life balance. Um, and ultimately this brings a lot of stress. It eventually amounts to zero. What it seems when we look at the the Sigma mines, uh, you know, throughout history, the Henry Fords, the Nikola Teslas, the Westinghouses, the Edisons, we realize that they did not have a work-life balance. What they had was a work, just one simple word: work as life balance. And what does that mean, Kai? Well, let's look at let's look at the numbers. So, work. Um, typically, uh, people people seem to like uh, in our culture currently they like to work eight hours a, a day five days a week that amounts to 40 hours a week right yes but what truly uh what people that that see time as a uh, as an opportunity as an employee what they do is they look at that time and they ask what are they doing those other eight hours those hours of recreation work is you know what let's be honest with ourselves Work is really fun. It can be. It work can is be a, a lot real of fun. Blast. I definitely, when I'm in the lab, when I'm when I'm perhaps tuning my crystals or you know looking at a waveform, I lose so many hours because it's a blast. Yeah. It's really a blast. So let's take those five, eight hours a day, five days a week. Let's take that forty additional hours per week, and uh, and turn that into work. Take that from recreation to recreational work. We're already at eighty hours a week of work. That is what we call. The, uh, the entrepreneur's hump. Once you get past 80 hours a week, there's nothing stopping you. It's fascinating. That's but, fascinating. But man. the thing is, now ask yourself, you got two extra days that week. You got the whole weekend. Now imagine you do 16 hours a day for two, those two days a week. So what else are you going to do, be doing on the weekends? You're an entrepreneur. This is your life. That's 32 additional hours, bringing us to 112 hours of work a week. And isn't that amazing? But with this paradigm, it's not 112 hours of work. It's a hundred. Week. It's a hundred. Uh, it's 112 hours of work as a life, which is exciting. Um, but still, we're scientists here. We want to push it a little bit more. Come on. So that's when we look at the Musk mark. The Musk mark is, of course, the infamous. Uh, so we ask ourselves, what's that additional time out of our week? There are a total of 168 hours in a week right we're only we're only at 112 we got some work we got some some stuff to work into how much how much how much sleep do you actually need that's is the real question i there's a lot of conjecture out there nobody actually knows but what we found is that with some strategic lounging you can survive on four hours of sleep a day lounge maxing perhaps. La lounge maxing four hours of sleep a day you've hit the musk mark 20 hours of work a day seven days a week you're at 140 and if you work 140 hours, uh, you've made it. It's it, it really goes to show just how much a simple lifestyle change can can have these knock on effects yeah. down the line. And the great thing is, this is simple arithmetic. Any 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 child can do it. So uh, the last um, uh, key, or the last data point that we were managed to scrape from mm -hmm. from in our process of determining the science of success, um, and it's, this is something that's very close to my heart. And that is affirmations. Right. I give myself affirmations all the time, pretty much before any situation and where my skills, my strength, my fortitude, my intellect is going to be challenged. Mm -hmm. I have a number of affirmations I like to repeat to myself so before like entering prayers. those situations. Um, no. Prayers to yourself. You, well, yeah, maybe. Uh, but, but in this particular happenstance, this particular situation, 
I think the affirmations you need to go into will allow you to not just imitate successful people, but you know, this is where we you sort of synthesize all of the stuff we've been talking about mm-hmm. earlier in the sense that th- all of those these previous three steps are yeah. how to imitate successful right. people. You're taking the emotional, the mental, and the physical, and you're not bringing them together in this affirmations. Right, and 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 this is where you can actually become successful people, um, in the sense that you will repeat to yourself over and over again that you are already successful. You are already a successful person. Um, take Henry Ford for example. If you know you are are trying to synthesize Henry Ford into your body, yeah. then you could say things like i invented cars i invented cars i invented cars i am responsible for the industrial revolution i invented cars Mm -hmm. if you repeat that enough you will actually take on in the metaphysical sense not just an imitation of henry ford but you will become henry ford are you are you claiming that people they would start looking like henry ford well you know that the that's where the science of affirmations gets a little bit hazy mm-hmm. i'm not going to say it's not possible though fascinating so so with all of this with all of this we we thought uh you know it's a lot to say this these kind of things but it's another to challenge ourselves to making, giving the effort and, and actually carrying these things out. So, uh, so Roan, you've put together the S- S- Sam Haynes Challenge. The Sam Haynes Challenge, yes. Sam Haynes is coming up. Who is, um, Sa- who is Sam Haynes? Oh, that is another day for Halloween or mm. All Hallows' Eve. Sure. But we have to, uh, roughly two weeks before, actually, yeah, roughly two weeks before Sam Haynes comes mm. and goes. So to the listener, we would like to offer you the following challenge. We cannot say that by doing these things that uh, sort of implement these these principles we talked about, that mm. you will be more successful. We cannot promise that um, ethically that is... or legally. Sure. But we do feel if you try these things, you might find out that these principles will help you in to succeed um, financially. They yeah. might help you to succeed emotionally, romantically um, among your peers. Let me just say, if it was good enough for uh, you know, a little a guy named Bill Gates, maybe it's good enough for you. Um, so for the next two weeks, we challenge you to, to consider doing the following. Mm-hmm. Challenge one. Get angry at something that would not normally bother you. Challenge two, point two milliliters of silica twice a day. Challenge three, sleep, ju- sleep just one less hour a day and work for one more hour a day. Not close. Not it's not quite at the the um the the uh, the, the, the 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 hump. What was it called again? Uh, the entrepreneur's hump. It wasn't quite there, but that would be a good place to start. And right. of course, challenge four, pick someone successful at work and convince, not just convince yourself that you are that person, convince others that you are that person. Mm-hmm. This, it could be disguises, it could be mannerisms, mm-hmm. it could be any number of things. Yeah, so these are challenges to all of our, uh, all of our citizen scientists out there. To help them achieve the Sigma mm-hmm. grind set, the scientific Sigma grind set. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I, I think it's come time for the citizen science. That's right. Um, the citizen science um, is, of course, the part of the show where we discuss the research findings and data that have been collected by amateur scientists in the world on the street and mostly posted to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not have a attribution for this, attribution rather. Mm-hmm. I cannot attribute this to anyone, but I thought it was so wise and so interesting, But I, and I did find it on the internet. So let's talk about it very quickly. Of course. Um, <clears throat> Memory is holographic. 
possessing no precise location in the brain, in theory, any neuron has the capacity to hold links to any memory via some rudimentary, free-associating, quote-unquote, software. Any brain cell can contain the memory of a childhood toy, smell of a neighborhood barbecue, or the touch of a romantic encounter. So when the scientists talk about the universe being holographic, it could be construed as a quote-unquote great mind in which we are conscious living thought processes. And I think that is so wonderful and, and uh, fascinating to think about. I think that's string theory. Let's, I'd like to close on a quote. Actually, so this is a quote that I have, uh, mm -hmm. and this is a very important quote. This is a, this is a quote that is really important to me personally, and that is, everything that's ever been done has been impossible. Who said that, Kai? Oh, you want to know who said that? Yes. Well, that was a little man I like to call Don Featherstone, inventor of the pink plastic flamingo. Incredible. Um. Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m., CST on WLPN, LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and simulcast live on twitch.tv slash Lumpen Radio, but not this week, Not this week. Um, no, there were some issues. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at Eureka Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Or visit our website at eurekacast.org. And if you do engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash eurekacast or send an electronic mail to eurekacastnow at gmail.com. There you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, also feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again eurekacastnow at gmail.com. And before we close out the show this evening, I'd like to mm -hmm. turn it over to our esteemed guest and expert in meteorology, oh. um, uh, Warm Weather Jordan. Would warm you? Weather. Do you have any p final thoughts with us before we close out this evening? Yes. Well, to be honest, I haven't listened to anything you've said since I last spoke. All I've thought about is pink plastic flamingos. And my, my wisdom for you today is that nearly any question can be answered buy a pink, pink plastic flamingo you don't need anything else fascinating work as always warm yeah. weather jordan um well and with that chicago allow us here at eureka cast now to close these proceedings on our show with equal parts jubilation and solemnity yeah whatever <laughs>